jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of Darkness! Anthony. Oh, huh? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I wake you? Yeah, I was wakey, wakey. Oh, oh, bye-bye. Go back to sleep. Well, (laughs) ten-second episode this week, everybody. Bye. my diaper. God. Wow. Choosing violence right out of the gate. Ugh, my skin is crawling. Listen. Yes. Okay, please explain. Oh, I had no explanation. Okay. to go with it. I just wanted to be a baby. Stop it! I just want, I don't want to be a baby. It's just, I don't, like, I don't want the diaper because that's gross. Unless it's diapers, you know, that's different. Of course. That's, that's like, They're cool. cool. They've got flames on them. Get diaped! Diaped! <laughs> but, like, but the bonnet, it's the, bo- it's the bonnet. I want the bonnet. You do? Yeah. I think bonnets are the new fashion. Okay. Like, not just a baby bonnet, like a little house on the prairie bonnet. Um, uh, Holly Hobby. Holly Hobby. I was going to say, who was that weird, like, drawing from the 70s? Holly Hobby. (laughs) Seriously, people, look up Holly Hobby. That is, I'm telling you right now, because we're going through this, like, phase, like, you know, the kids are, like, super repressed and, like, deny sexuality exists now. So, like, we're going into this, like, neo-Puritanism, but also coming out of the pandemic, we're going to be, like, you know, we're going to, like, be, like, ooh, it's, like, the Wild West one pioneers you know so i'm telling you bonnets are gonna be it in fashion wow so i want a bonnet but also i like i just want to be a baby well i can't wait for your uh dysentery themed drag show where you come out (laughs) in your bonnet and fucking petticoats or whatever and churn butter for 20 minutes and then leave um, I am writing the grant right now. Oregon Trail Redux. <laughs> you could, that could tie in though, you as an indigenous person. Thank you. There could be reclamations, you know what I mean? Reclamations and reparations. Exactly. It's the, but I could do, it could be a crossover with um sherry shriner and like neo <laughs> new age cult mentalities and it could be the orgone trail oh, dare uh, to dream i'm on uh, a plane already uh-huh speaking of cults yeah this is a question that i have okay okay all Hit right me. so listeners as you may know unless this is your very first episode anthony and i are very interested in cults You know, reading things, watching things, recommending things to each other. So I saw this short documentary about this place called The Garden. And it was like, is this a commune or is it a cult? And it was kind of looking at the way TikTok has sort of like ties into cult things like you know a lot and true crime and stuff like that like a bunch of people who i guess tiktokers 
you know, are very into all of these things and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So here's my question. They show this the garden place, right? It's commune, whatever. But my question is, why are communes so, like, corny? <laughs> like, can't you... <laughs> right? Like, can't you be interested in, like... I don't know, sustainability and like, or even being off the grid or whatever. Like, but can't you also just as, and I say this as an an uncool person, but like, can't you have a shred of cool? Like, it's always the white people with dreads who, they dress in tapestries every night. Someone is singing. Put that tapestry back on the wall, Sister Moon. Yeah, your names are like Sister Moon and Tree. And it's just like... You're all members of the Phoenix family. Yeah, like, can't we have a commune where we are still, like, I don't know, talking about John Waters movies or something? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, give me the Dreamland commune. Give me the, give me the, like, like, where's, like, where's, like, the cool, like, death metal commune? Right. Where, like, we listen to fucking Cradle of Filth and, like, till the soil. <laughs> yeah. Why? Like, it's it's like, oh, great. We grow our own food. Oh, we do all this. Oh, we look out for each other. We're like a big family. Okay, cool. Kumbaya. <laughs> I'm like, bye-bye. Like, I'm just not. Well, I think I think that's, you touched on exactly that is, you know, as, as, um, as an indigenous person, it's 99% white nonsense is what's powering every and that's why i love watching this shit it's just like see every time you watch it you're like well <laughs> i see a shared thread between all of these narratives yeah <laughs> it's fucking crazy white people it's always crazy white people and maybe it's just because they have no other needs or wants really you know like they have yeah. no oppression or suffering and so yes they're go. They're going to and all of these places, like almost all of these places, like look at Nexium, where it's like we are going to make the world a better place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like not actually doing anything, but no. when we're done with all these programs, we will be making the world a better place. We've changed the world, man. Yeah, it's so narcissistic. It's, it's totally, and it's that longing to be. I think you know, there's an there's something admirable about it, where there is a longing to be different. There's a longing to stand up to your cultural inheritance, I feel, mm-hmm. um, and to challenge it. it. It, But it's like, that's like, I've always said, you know, like, that's why white people become Wiccans is because they want to be oppressed. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. like, next thing you know, you're Phyllis Schlafly protesting the release of the Blair Witch Project saying it makes Wiccans <laughs> look bad. Yeah. It's like, girl, calm down. You have a law degree. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, if there's a cool commune out there. I don't know. Like, like, can we listen to Slater Kinney? Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. I'm not against the idea of a commune. I have, uh, we've talked about communes. I, not against it. I think it's a very admirable. I think it's a great step away from this capitalist crunch that we're all trapped in. But it's just never cool. And that's the problem. Yeah. And there's just too much, like, love. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need 50 people a day to be like, I love you, Sister Stacy mm-hmm. Tree. And I just be like, <laughs> Sister right. Stacy Tree. Like, all right, sure. <laughs> you know, like, 
I'm going to go to my own private yurt, thank you, <laughs> and spend some time by myself. Bye. You don't want to harvest wheatgrass with your sisters. <laughs> I mean, is that a euphemism? Yes, it is. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but I, I mean, like, that, like we can hang out or whatever, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, like, you don't... Lo- like, I know somebody who... I don't know, she changed her name to Starseed or some shit, and oh. I'm just like, okay. Oh, wow. I just, I just feel like you have dirty feet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> One of those, the perpetually barefoot... Yeah, I'm not going to wear shoes anymore because then I can't feel Mother Gaia under my toes or whatever. <laughs> I got to be grounded and in tune at all times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if there's any starseed adjacent people listening, whatever. Have fun. You know what I mean? Have like, fun. That's for you. But not for me, thanks. Yeah. No. No. Mm-mm. I got to be cool, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. So, so you're 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 holding out for the cool commune. Right. I support that. That's fair. I'm not gonna all of a sudden start enjoying this music and wanting to hear people fucking like I'm like, I'm trying to read. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to sleep. Yeah, either it's cool or a commune where there's no associating. We leave <laughs> each other alone. Yeah. We're quiet. Which is exactly what the word commune implies. Yes, I am alone in my house playing my video games. (laughs) And you do not talk to me. Right. And then maybe on Tuesdays, like, I benefit by getting the kimchi kimchi that you just, like, buried and harvested or whatever. Yeah, I'll help harvest the wheat. I'll do my part, but leave me alone also, you know? (laughs) I don't think that's too much to ask. So a solitary commune. I guess I want an apartment complex full of people I like and there's a garden. Yeah, and like maybe like once a week you like overlap. We can hang out sometimes, but... Yeah, and nobody's wearing tapestries. Nobody, no white people have dreads. (laughs) Nobody, no aspirations of changing the world. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's fine, but I don't necessarily want to hear about it. Exactly. Don't talk about it. Don't get, yeah. <laughs> don't get the starry-eyed look and start telling me about how this is going to change the world. Yeah. Don't give Just a shit. Just do it. Do it. Just do it. Don't tell me about it. That's right. <laughs> Show, don't tell. That's right. It's the number one rule or something. I don't know what, but thank you. <laughs> Jesus anyway. Christ. Anyway, Love a so- cult, though. Love a call. I can't stop thinking about the children of Urania. Is that what it's called? Urania? No. Urania. Is, is that the space car? Space car. Archangel Uriel. Yeah. I'm telling you, the only good cult. Did you see that? Did you watch that documentary? I, I haven't watched it yet. Children of the Stars, Stacy. It's on, I, well, oh, I don't know if you'll be able to watch. Well, I think it's on the hoopla and the canopies and that. Mm. But um, it, everyone, it's. I'm telling you, it is the only good cult ever. <laughs> it's literally just this woman declared herself the Archangel Uriel. She had a space car. She like, <laughs> she's always like dressed up, and she looks like a cake with wings. And she literally just made everybody hang out and work through their problems through the power of art. And it was just an art cult where they just made movies and paintings, and it was so cool. There's this one part in the movie where these two women, they're these two old ladies, 
and they've been in the cult for like 40 years it feels even weird calling it a cult but like i mean they worship this woman who had a ufo car so (laughs) but they were like they talk about how they when they in the 70s and in the early days of urania or whatever they didn't like each other and so archangel uriel being the perfect fucking benevolent queen and angel goddess that she is was like you two need to go into your past lives and figure out where your trauma comes from and resolve it and so they went back in their past lives and they realized that they were both space cops a hundred thousand years ago in star wars time they were space cops and they were they were working the beat together and <laughs> i'm serious and one of them let like like her brother or her cousin or something her space cousin like committed a crime and she like she like uh you know let it let it slide and she like didn't follow the book she didn't go by the book and so her partner was really upset with her and so that created a cosmic schism throughout all of their reincarnations but once they talked about that together and worked through it and forgave each other lifelong best friends in the cult See? They're healing! Archangel Uriel is, believes in healing our traumas with the power of making things up. If, yeah, see? If everything about that was the same, but she was wearing a tapestry and <laughs> had white dreads and refused to drive a car, never mind a UFO car, how would you feel? Then I would say, keep this far away from me. <laughs> But give me a woman that looks like a cake in a UFO car, and they just make movies. Well, anyway, we'll have to start a true crime podcast about cults, you know. We have the Gaylords. We're going to have, like, a Gaylords network. Wednesdays, Gaylords of Darkness. Fridays, (laughs) the Lezzies and Things, or whatever we're going to call the L Word podcast. (laughs) Lezzies and Things? Yeah, <laughs> which is also our dollar store that we exactly. That's how we, yeah, that's how we branch out. Lezzy's you know? in is apostrophe n. Lezzy's in things, of course. Ah, <laughs> uh, but today, uh, no space cars for us. Mm, okay, so we're gonna talk about a movie. <laughs> no space cars, but a better. We are actively, even though. I don't know about you. My grandma told me when I was grown up, there would be space car, there would be flying cars. Oh. And so, as much as I love my grandma and her memory, she is a liar. <laughs> and I never <laughs> got flying cars. Yeah. But, so I always looked forward to that future. We didn't get that future. But today we are getting, the future is dawning because Hwasa has a new comeback album. Oh, God. It's still in the future for us. It yes. comes out on Wednesday, the 24th, the day this episode is published. Yeah. And so while you're listening to this, probably, Anthony and I will be listening to the new Hwasa. We're like severely going to be bopping out with some hits from a goddamn legend and a queen from Mama Moo. Mm-hmm. Um, Korea's Beyonce. I'm sorry. That's all. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, Hwasa could sing any Beyonce song. Could Beyonce uh, mistakenly wear a Teletubbies outfit to an award ceremony and pull it off? No. <laughs> and still be cool as and fuck? Still... <laughs> yeah, no, she could not. So between that and then I think today is also the day, today today in air quotes because it is severely in the future, um, 
is also the day the Resident Evil welcome. Resident Evil, not just called Resident Evil, it's Resident Evil colon welcome to Raccoon City. Don't (gasps) talk about it. I'm sorry. Look, it's not playing here as far as I know. And is it the Resident movie, Resident Evil movie I've been waiting for? For my whole 75 years on this planet. Yes. You you went to the fates and they held up their eyes and they told you about this movie well before the franchise even existed. Oh. I see that trailer and yeah, it looks stupid. You know what? It pulls so much stuff from all the games and I am so excited for that movie. There are moments in that trailer that just got me so pumped. Like, <laughs> my gamer diaper. Right? Like, oh, I can't wait for that movie. It's not playing here. And Anthony's like, I'm going to see an opening night, I think. <laughs> Good for you. i my earbuds and Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City in my eyes. Good for you. I'm sorry. So anyway, the day of this episode is a momentous day, obviously. Yes. And in honor of... Not not specifically Resident Evil. I mean, well, in honor more so of Hwasa's album today, we said, let's take a trip back to Korea. Let's do a Korean horror movie. Because it's been a hot minute and we fucking love them around these parts. Yeah, we do. Uh, I, it's, I, I, have, I, I actually think the last Asian horror film I saw was Howling Village. And I could use like a refresher after that. And so today, we are going well back, actually, to 2005, to the era of Tartan Asia Extreme. And we are putting on a pair of the red shoes. Yeah, we are. Um, this was a great movie. Sure was. This is a fucked up movie. Very much so. This has been high on my list, my very lengthy list, which I've watched a lot of now, but this has been very high on my list for a long time. Um, I'm so glad I got to see it. I loved it. It's fucked up. Uh, I was very confused for so much of it. (laughs) And what I do have to say, though, just off the bat, those shoes weren't fucking red. They're pink. So why is it called the red shoe? I know there's the story. Well, Anthony, I'll tell you. Do you have an answer? Yes, I do have an answer, actually. Are you serious? You have a dramaturgical response? I do have a dramaturgical response. Well, you have the floor. Well, thanks to my study of Korean, you see. Oh my god. When the title of the movie comes up and the subtitle says, The Red Shoes, I look at the Hangul and I say, That says Punhong Shin, which means the pink shoes. What? Because the way the original Hans Christian Andersen and the Michael Powell film were translated into Korean as The Pink Shoes. This movie is called The Pink Shoes, but because of localization with Western audiences, they call it The Red Shoes. Oh. My. God. (laughs) Stacy, You are benefiting us all! I am! You have earned yourself a place in the commune! (laughs) Oh, thank you, Sister Tree! You can tra- you could translate for us. As long as it's just that one thing. Yes. <laughs> this is like when 
when Hwasa's track list came out and you're like, it technically means I'm a light, but it actually also could mean I'm a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I'm just telling you. The benefits. There was literally a part in this movie. I know we're getting ahead. But there was a moment in this movie where I actually understood a full sentence that someone said without Shut looking up. at the subtitles. And I stood up. And got so excited. <laughs> did you do the hands up in the air and you did a little spin around dance? I would never probably do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I rewound it like five times because I was like, oh, my. like I actually understand. Stacy. When Sanjay and Taesu are on the swings and Taesu says, oh, ma, pegupa, jibe kaja. Mom, I'm hungry. Let's go home. Shut up. I fucking understood it. Oh, the I child's dialogue. <laughs> yeah, but she says, Mom, I'm hungry. Let's go home. That's amazing. Stacy. I'm so impressed. I was so excited. <laughs> you were like, you were <laughs> like, like learning. you were like, I haven't done this anything this whole pandemic. I didn't break sourdough. And I'm like, you have a sourdough <laughs> starter in your brain. <laughs> yeah, sure. And it's the Korean language. And this is so amazing. And I thought of you so many times as I was watching this movie because there were so many parts where I got really severely confused. Um, and I just, like, some things, I, I had to go back to the Wikipedia to actually understand who, like, certain characters were and what was happening at some points. Just, like, two or three moments. I looked up the, I will say, not to interrupt, but I looked up the Wikipedia afterwards to look at, like, names and shit. And they got, like, the plot backwards, like, what happens in this movie. They transpose two of the names. That makes sense. Yeah. Because I, I I started to feel like I was on a different planet. But I said to myself, if this is why, this is, I absolutely understand exactly why Stacy is torturing herself, <laughs> growing <laughs> a second brain and a whole new cultural viewpoint. Because there is so much stuff that I know that I am missing or that culturally just doesn't translate or that like this, the Tartan Asia Extreme DVD that I rented for this. I mean, it's from like 2005 and like the translations are off and like the, the grammar's bad. And it's just like, I know that there's so much that I'm missing that if I was part of this culture or I had that familiarity, I would be vastly much more acquainted with what is actually happening. <laughs> You would say, oh ma, pegupa. Chibikacha. <laughs> and I wouldn't spend the whole movie screaming, those shoes are fuchsia. Isn't it? That's the big thing, right? Is like, to be, like, to see that and be like, oh, okay, that's why they're, because I've seen this movie before. But at that time, I had no idea. And like you, I was like, why the fuck are they pink? At first I was like, well, there's a green tint because it's like 2005 and it's after the ring and all that. So like everything's greenish. So I was like, oh, well, maybe that tinting just turned it. But then the tinting went away when we're not on the subway. And they were still fucking pink. I know. The movie's actually called The Pink Shoes. But that blows my mind. And then that's because if the Hans Christian Andersen and that's how Korea knows the story is as The Pink Shoes, then of course in the film they're The Pink Shoes. Mm-hmm. My God, cultural exchange. What an incredible thing that I have no reference point for. 
it's crazy it's like that's one thing that i've learned is that it's like it's i mean not to bore everybody with it but it's like it the language is so different than english in so many regards that it's like i pity the poor fool who has to do subtitles because that's one thing that i'm wrestling with as somebody who likes to know why like that's my big question always is why because that's how i learn if i understand why something is or how it functions i will learn it i have to accept the fact that some things just are untranslatable completely like there just is no one-to-one translation i i love that i just love that i so appreciate that and it just makes me now i want to go back and watch every other movie that i've fallen in love with you know over the course of the pandemic since i really started really getting into j and k horror and just be like just cry at the sheer volume of information that I am not at all accessing. <laughs> it's so much. And then even like in, even in the language, it's just like when you think about different cultures and like histories of countries and things like that and how viewings can be informed by all that information. It's like, that's when I'm just say like, I need to go sit on a mountain and just study things for Oh, yeah. I mean, beyond the language, beyond the pink shoes in this film, then there's the whole background that, like, it's only visually, a lot of this movie is only visually um, conveyed. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of stuff doesn't happen in dialogue. A lot of stuff, you just see it visually, and then you're, that's how, you're, how you know you, were gain, you gain information, which I guess is what movies are, but shut up. So, like, in this, like, there's all the... the, the the stuff with, like, the Japanese occupation of Korea. Mm-hmm. And things that I really had no understanding about until even when we talked about the whaling. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, oh, this is a lot of important sociopolitical history. Yeah. That I have zero awareness of that absolutely informs what is happening in the film. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. I This movie so much happens in this movie i hope people have seen it it's isn't it funny also like to just interrupt myself because i have 50 thoughts at once (laughs) i also have the tartan dvd and i'm like i am forever grateful to tartan oh they're great for bringing so many movies over in like the mid 2000s mid to late 2000s movies i probably wouldn't have any other access to etc etc but when i think about that label tartan asia extreme it's like having seen all these movies now i'm like it's so and i get it it was a brand and it's like for me as soon as i saw that label i grabbed whatever it was oh yeah but it's so like exoticizing and it's a disservice because so many of these movies are not extreme in any capacity it's like sure you have like old boy or whatever but it's like you also have memento mori and all of these, and oh, it's yeah. like just because Dude. this is Asian, there's nothing extreme about it, and it's like Orientalism or exoticizing, it and it's just I don't know. It's... I th- you that's a really that's very thoughtful. I think uh, it's it's Orient Orientalism by way of Dude Bro extreme horror, right? Because it's two thousand. This is two thousand five. These were mid two thousands. This was it was everything was green. Every cover had a hand screaming with a coming out of a mouth and screaming and blood <laughs> mm-hmm. um but yeah like tale of two sisters there's not like the the poster is the most extreme thing about that movie like i mean what happens is awful but it's a tragedy and it's a sad slow thoughtful very felt movie you're absolutely right 
That's the vast majority. That's the vast majority of Korean horror films because, for the most part, and this is you know a generalization, but for the most part, the violence isn't the thing. They don't. Yeah. Their movies aren't filled with like slasher killers and vampires and monsters and people getting. You know what I mean? Like some people meet a grisly end, but it's like they tend towards the supernatural. Yeah. It's it's more about our relationship with death. And, you know, they're still scary and all of this, but it's like, but the violence isn't the point of it. Whereas in like slasher movies over here, it's, I mean, look at Halloween bangs, you know, like the violence is the, (laughs) the violence is the point. She's going to beat the shit out of him with that iron. Yeah. But (laughs) that's right. Yeah. And and then, and and that, it is interesting where also, and that's much more the focus of the Korean films versus, and they still get a lot of that in Japanese films too, but like. If you want, like, extreme, like, the Takashi Miike, the Shon Sono, like, that's coming from a lot of more Japanese shock directors than than what we're getting from Korea, which is much more, like, slow burn. Right. Although but, this one, I will say, this one is definitely more on the extreme end from what I've seen out of Korea. <laughs> yeah, for sure. This one's got some violence, and uh, a lot of it is pretty graphic. It's got a lot of blood in this movie. Oh, I'm thinking of that one scene in yeah, particular. Yeah, you are. Oh my god. I have my mouth agape. Yeah. But it's, it's just, I don't know. It's like, it's uh, it was a brand, and it was easily identifiable, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. but... I thought about it and I looked and I have the DVD of Calvaire. Mm-hmm. Vincent Castle. Yeah, which is a Tartan release, but that's just called Tartan Terror. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, they could have just said Tartan Asia. Tartan Terror. Oh, because it's white people. So it's fine to just, you don't have to qualify it. Yeah, so it's still a Tartan release. But something like any of the Whispering Corridors movies are labeled extreme. You know. It's just crying lesbians being like, my girlfriend is dead. <laughs> yeah. It's not just what they are, but you know. Yeah, but that's what they all have in them. So Yeah. Anyway. But it's hard to sell it. It's just like when I went to the Winchester Mystery House, Stacy, and I was like, how can you sell a thing when it's just, oh, she was just a brilliant architect and she didn't do seances. It's so much sexier to say Sarah Winchester, Ghost Woman Extreme. <laughs> yeah, it's true, you know? and you know you realize, like, like you said, the covers that they slapped on some of these, like when Magnet releasing or there was Rogue also did wacky extreme shit. Yeah, and they would just put the put the most outrageous CGI Photoshop shit on the covers. Yeah, it's, and like, a, it's like a baby crib exploding. <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah, somebody has a, a hand coming out of their. But yeah, like, so many hands coming out of orifices and like ripping things and blowing up and alligators exploding. <laughs> yeah, and so I just I don't know. I get I even it makes me angry almost on behalf of the bros in a way who then pick up like a DVD of voice and it's like oh what is this like beautiful meditation on life and death? Yeah, the cover has hands coming out of a bloody mouth. You know, like. <laughs> Those covers worked, though. That's why I did that chopping block category many moons ago about name that cover. Because they're they're seared into our brains. Because we said, hey, that doesn't happen in this film at any point. Mm-hmm. So anyway, like I said, forever indebted to Tartan. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Even to this day, so many of those movies haven't had any other release. Yeah. Anywhere. Mm-hmm. So... Anywho, 
Anywho. Uh, how do this movie, how do we even explain it? Except, let me just say, off the bat, I said this when we discussed doing this movie. I said, please. Kim Haisu? Okay. Thank you. Lesbians that are listening, if you don't know Kim Haisu, please take note. Uh, become obsessed with her, as every lesbian must, as even non-lesbians do. Um, I think she, probably her closest Western analogy would be Kate Blanchett. Oh! She's very much a Kate Blanchett over there. And I will say, actually, Anthony, it does tie in that one Miss Hwasa had a Kim Haisu poster on her wall <sighs> as a youth. And Mama Moo presented or something at like a movie awards and Hwasa, like Kim Haisu was in the audience and Hwasa was like, I love you. <gasps> yeah, she really, she's one of those actresses that is just made for women, especially women who like women. I love this. Well, so, and that, that fully tracks since Mama Moo is the weirdo lesbian girl band. Right? <laughs> yeah. At least most of them are. Yeah, uh, at least three-fourths of them are. <laughs> I love that. Yes, so I was ready to watch this again. So we're fully themed today. Great. Um, so uh, a lot happens in this film. Yes, and during all of it, I'm just thinking how attractive Kim Hai Su is. Anyway. And she's she's Sunjay. Mm-hmm. Okay, the star of this film. Yeah. You see, over the course of this film, I will say why she is one of Korea's most lauded actresses. She's, she's fucking incredible. great in this movie. She's incredible. And I just keep saying to myself, can a woman get a break? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyway, you can you can try to tackle this one if you feel like it oh jesus christ okay so uh it opens in a subway and there's a schoolgirl, and she's like oh look at these not red shoes that are fuchsia i'm gonna put them on and she puts them on and then suddenly this other girl comes up to her and she's like give me the it's her friend and she's like give me the shoes give me the shoes knocks her over takes the shoes puts them on and then suddenly like the shoes just decapitate her feet <laughs> That's not what the decapitation is. But her feet fucking explode off. The shoes, like, chop off her feet. And there's blood everywhere, screaming, freaking out, whatever. Cut to Sanjay, who... Does she work in the optometry place? She's an optometrist, as far as I know, but it's one of those things where it's like, okay, so she owns her own eye clinic, but we never see her do one second's worth of actual work, so... Ever. She just, like, occasionally is there seeing her friend who might be her friend, might be her sister, might be just her employee, who is also an optometrist, um, Kim Min-hee. What mm-hmm. was her name? And she's a fucking queen. Um, <laughs> she lives a life with her daughter, who is a ballerina, and her husband, who is a piece of shit. Big piece of shit. Um, her One day she comes home, and her husband is having sex with another woman, and so she just takes her kid, and she leaves. She gets her own place. Husband is out of the story. She gets her own place. Um, It's this, like, dilapidated apartment. It's very kind of dark water adjacent at this point in the film. And she decides to start renovating the place. She gets this interior designer who is this, like, hot douchebag who at one point she asks, I'm sorry if I'm being rude, but you're not homeless, right? As she watches (laughs) him eat ramen in her house. Um, she's like get it, trying to fix up the place, but then he's, is he fixing up her place, but also the 
optometrist clinic? Just the optometrist clinic. She takes care of her own home. Okay, so he, but he's also covered her home in like paintings, or was that just the optometrist clinic? <laughs> I'm so confused. He was at the office and did the did the paintings at the office, and then he had his own like loft apartment or whatever. Right, right. She right, right. Cl- she cleaned up her own new apartment though. on her own. Yeah, because she is a strong queen. Yes. Who has been through it. So one day she's on the subway and she finds a pair of not red but pink shoes. And she says, mmm. And so she takes them because she has a brilliant shoe collection. And she has a fucking Bala glass shoe tree display. (laughs) Yeah. That she keeps her incredible shoe collection on. And it's a great set piece that gets used later. Um, She's wearing the shoes, whatever. They make her feel nice, whatever. He likes her in them, whatever. Um, they develop a little romance. Daughter, meanwhile, little ballerina daughter. The daughter kind of goes into some like Babadook child territory. <laughs> and the daughter's like, I want the shoes. And so the daughter takes the shoes and she puts them on. Anyway, this all spirals out of control. Long story short, the shoes start killing more and more people, including our wonderful optometrist queen who decides that she wants the shoes from the little girl. She puts them on. She ends up getting like thrown through a window after her eyes ripped down and then her feet are chopped <laughs> off and everything awful happens. Um, Sanjay and hot interior designer douchebag work together to solve the mystery and they find out thanks to this billboard that's all over town with this image of this woman holding these shoes, that these shoes once belonged to a ballerina dance company during the Japanese occupation. And these are a cursed pair of shoes that whoever wears them uh, will die. They get their feet chopped off. But it's it's not necessarily that. It's whoever takes the shoes from the wearer. <laughs> yeah, somebody finds the shoes and takes them, they're okay, and they can wear them. Yes. But if someone then takes the shoes from that person... That person who takes the shoes will die. Yes. Ultimately, it all traces back to this dancer who was originally gifted the shoes. There was a much more jealous, you know, antagonistic mean girl dancer who's like, I'm taking your shoes and your man. (laughs) She She was Japanese. Oh, oh. See? Cultural background informing the events. Yeah. If you don't know, Japan occupied Korea from like 1910 to 1945. And this takes takes place, this whole flashback takes place right at the end of the occupation. And when I say occupied, I mean Japan essentially tried to obliterate Korean culture. If you look in that scene, the the scene takes place at the theater. Uh, If you look at the background, all the signs are written in Japanese. Because they outlawed the Korean written language. They outlawed the spoken language. They tried to take artifacts back to Japan. It was basically like, you are Japanese now. (laughs) And so that finally ended with Japan losing in World War II, in which case Korea was then divided, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And then we've got the Axis and the Allies both kind of occupying half of it, et cetera, et cetera. Then the Korean War happens. And it's basically Korea's fucking been through it. I mean, every country on the planet pretty much has been through it in one regard or another. But yeah. but I mean, Korea is like almost a kind of a new, new country. You know what I mean? Like they didn't democratically elect a president until the 90s. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's wild. Yeah. So for all of this to happen, yes, the dancer, the lead dancer ballerina was Korean and had the shoes 
and had a boyfriend and the Japanese woman wanted the boyfriend and wanted the shoes. Takes it all away from her. Takes it all away from her. And And when during the performance when like the fucking rising sun flag is there and everything, it's like Yeah. It's like full modern dance. Full like folk. Yeah. And then the rising sun shows up. And then it's also a joint ballet wedding. Yeah, yeah. And then she comes out and she's with her man and then she's wearing the stolen shoes and then she's with the stolen man and then and then the the shoes start dancing crazy, you know, because it's like the Hans Christian Andersen story. So the shoes take control and are dancing for her and then she can't settle down and then they both end up getting hanged by some, you know, stage uh, pulley. Um, so was that woman, that's where I get confused with the Wikipedia. It was, was she Kiko? They had it like they had the Wikipedia backwards. It was it like said she was Oki. Oki was the Korean dancer. Right. When Oki discovered that Keiko was having an affair with Oki's boyfriend, Keiko killed Oki and buried her out in the back in the shallow grave and took the shoes. Right. So then Oki comes back as a Chonyo Guishin. <laughs> which is like the korean virgin oh, ghost my God. Com- comes back like the virgin ghost is like a woman who has died and like suffered an injustice what, mm. and usually comes back for her revenge so she comes back for her revenge and kills keiko and the man during their big ballet wedding performance yeah it's fucking wicked cool yeah and so the old woman who was uh the maid servant who was abused etc etc thinks that uh sanjay is the reincarnation of oki yes so does she ever actually say that or is it just inferred that she's the reincarnation i think it's inferred because then when when things spiral out even further like there's like a whole final i don't know 15 minutes or whatever to this movie where you think it's over and it's like nope (laughs) <laughs> you think it's resolved because you get the backstory. You see all of that. She finds the grave. She buries the shoes. Mm-hmm. Like, which is interesting because we know in, in Japanese and Korean horror films that there's no stopping a curse. Mm-hmm. There's no, oh, we found Samara in the well and now it's over. Right. That's not going to happen because her name's Sadako. <laughs> The ghost decides when it's over. Yeah, the ghost decides. And it's never over because the ghost has set up a pyramid scheme. She sets up five (laughs) managers and then you set up five (laughs) managers. So so then it turns out that Sanjay really is this reincarnation, maybe, of Oki. And has ultimately, like, the daughter throughout the film is like, like, she'll yell, like, uh, Sanjay gets really triggered anytime someone brings up her husband and you don't really under like you just think it's because she's sick of him um, the daughter will keep saying that her daddy came by and brought her this these shoes and then she'll yell at her and she'll be like why are you lying why are you lying why would you do this and the dad had come by but it was his ghost because mm-hmm. he is dead because what Sanjay doesn't seem to remember is that she killed everybody yeah she killed her husband. She killed uh, Optometry Queen. She even might have... She had something to do with the schoolgirls. Mm-hmm. 
because they show her in the subway um, laughing, clutching the, the severed feet, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. yeah. And ultimately, she is. She realizes that she's responsible for everything. She spirals out, freaks out, screams, and then the last thing you see is the 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 very Linda Blair Exorcist Spider Walk ghost of Oki coming after her, and then it all flashes to black, and it's over. I think that's a twist, is that maybe she's not Oki reincarnated, she's Keiko, because basically she kills everybody because she wants the shoes for herself, right? That's the thing, is it doesn't, that's why I was like, on the Wikipedia says she's Oki re- but I'm like, that doesn't make sense, it has to be Keiko. Yeah. Yeah. Because... But it gets, it gets really brutal at the end, like, there's a lot of, they're not afraid to play with child abuse. Oh my god, it... it's so fucked up. It's so hard to watch. It's, I mean, the acting is incredible. Kim Kim Haisu is really so fucking good in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and she pulls off an eye patch like a motherfucker. Oh my god, she looks so good on the eye patch. (laughs) I love an eye patch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's really tough to watch Mm -hmm. at times when she's really angry at her daughter and taking it out on her physically. There's a scene where she tear the daughter. I mean, the daughter is like full Babadook child at moments. Yeah. Like just screaming in the back seat. She's just the little girl wants the shoes. This girl is also the cutest little girl ever, even though she's a screaming monster for so much of this film. There's a scene where she terrifies the shit out of her daughter. She hits her or something, something. I can't remember what leads up to it. And the whole next scene is just this little girl running from her. And it's actually stalking her like fucking Michael Myers. Yeah, she's full on Myersing, doing that slow walk, just following her down this tunnel. And you just see this silhouette of this little girl just running terrified off in the distance. And then we occasionally cut to close-ups of the little girl. And I'm just always blown away by child acting that's that good. Mm-hmm. And it's sad, and you don't. You're like, well, this little shit was screaming about those shoes, but at the same time, this little child shouldn't be running terrified into a subway, about to get hit by a subway train, by her from her own mother. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. Apparently, there is an uncut version of this, where her mother does not pull her up, where she does get hit, where she does get hit by well, the train, because the daughter never dies, right. But it's established that if you take the shoes, you're going to get your feet cut off. Mm-hmm. And so I totally was expecting her to fall on the tracks and then they were going to run over her feet. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really tough. The, the whole final set piece in the subway is really incredible. Not like the acting, the cinematography, I think is fantastic. Like yeah. it's just, this is a great movie. Yeah. And I think it's really not talked about a lot in terms of when people talk, even just Asian horror, or but K-horror specifically. I think this one's really overlooked. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, look, it's like one of the last big, big, big ones that I'm catching on my list. Yeah. It's available to stream on those weird things. <laughs> oh, those? Yeah, the ones that I can't <laughs> access because my library doesn't have them. Oh, the canopies and the canopies. It's like, it's like the canopies and the hooplas yeah. and the DVDs around. It's probably real cheap to get it used. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely watch it online with your library card if your library takes part in those programs. Yeah. But it's good. It's real good. Is it, do you, do you think it's about women's greediness and materialism? It's really interesting that there was kind of 
one little trend in Korean horror in that time period was like things <laughs> like stuff was hmm. kind of haunted. It was a new sort of like there's the red shoes, there's phone, there was wig, there was cello <laughs> <laughs> wig, there was cello, even like apartment. Mm-hmm. Well, and in Japan, this was the same era as like one missed call. Yeah. And it's like all the phone, the phone bling, and part of the, the joy of the, you know, the schadenfreude joy of those murders is like seeing the girls with their phone bling and the charms on the phone and watching them die brutally. So it's like this the sort of fetishization of objects that become haunted and the objects are sort of a conduit. Pardon me, Annabelle. <laughs> yeah, she just turned her head in the church glass box. They're like a conduit for the ghosts, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, this one where it's, like, it's about shoes, which are such a woman thing, you know what I mean? Like, women be buying shoes, right? <laughs> oh, my God, shoes. And so it's, like, women fighting over shoes and stuff like that. So it's, like, is it, uh, I don't know. It's there, but I wonder what it is because, like, Minhi, the optometrist queen, is like, women should stay single. Your husband's an asshole. You have a good job like I have. Women should just stay single. Oh. Which is which is such a thing in Korea right now is, like, women choosing not to get married. Women like Kim Haisu. Which is huge. Marriage? No, thank you. There are men having holding anti-feminist protests, like, today over there. Uh, a former idol made a PSA about like domestic violence and like crimes against women and how they're on the uprise. And she's like, it's not always safe for women to go out at night. And she is right now like the number one target for My these God. anti-feminist men. That's actually shocking because this is 2005. That line, yeah, women who have good jobs should stay sing- should stay single like me. Minhee says that was only six, five years, six years after the kiss, the same-sex kiss in Memento Mori. Mm-hmm. This is shocking. Actually, it's very much a thing. I mean, Korea has like literally the lowest birth rate in the world. I think women are done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like women are done. A lot of them are choosing to stay single. They're like, whatever. I can pay my own bills and I'm happy. Yeah, Hwasa's cutting her hair, man. <laughs> I could see that. Well, and then I think there almost is kind of a feminist read underneath that too, where it's like, well, when you when you look when you when you stop looking out for your fellow women. Uh, in favor of these like these gendered expectations of the woman and the competition that's supposed to come with that because there can only be one you have to get the the man you have to get the shoes and then and then look all of a sudden Sanjay's killing her best friend who is the fucking no nonsense awesome successful single queen and she's driven to steal the shoes from a child yeah i think i think that's true i think that's just something there it's a good movie yeah, besides that and the, also the other moral that men are useless. Men are pretty useless. <laughs> um, I mean, it is quite a thing when Sanjay and the dude in Chol, they have like kind of a flirt. Like he's a douchebag at first, especially. Um, but then, you know, she's lonely, whatever. And so they kind of, I don't know, dating is too strong. But she finally invites him over for dinner. And it's it's almost like to me, it's kind of, I understand she wants, like, companionship, but it's also kind of disheartening that, like, she invites this awful man over, mm-hmm. cooks him all this food that he's just horking down 
without a care for anyone else. Do you know what I mean? And she just sits there placidly looking at him, like, playing the perfect wife, and the daughter is pissed off about it. And he's, like, fighting with the daughter over food. And it's just yeah. like, here she is, this woman who took a stand when her husband, I mean, granted, we don't know at that point that she actually killed him. No. Uh, but and also good le- for her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, she left him at any rate with her daughter and got an apartment, and she has her own practice and all of this. But then she still is like, I got to have this dude and be the perfect wife for him. I couldn't be the perfect wife for my last husband. And look what happened. See, that's very ahead of its time. It's very not Asia extreme. Right. (laughs) Yeah. This is shockingly feminist. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, you have to go, you have to roll through the mud to get there. And it's not what we want to see happen to these women. But I think, yeah, at its core, there's a feminist story here. And then there's that scene with the daughter in the blood, which is just... Oh, my God. It's like a nightmare in Elm Street. What the fuck was that? That was crazy. <laughs> it was so nuts. So if you want to just, like, be shocked, whether socio-historically, culturally, or viscerally, check out The Red Shoes. Please do. Ladies, please check out Kim Haisu. <laughs> You won't regret it. <laughs> Put on your eye patch and give her a squint. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> With your one eye. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Yeah. She's so good in this. She's really amazing. Everyone in this movie is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I need to see I need to see the origin the old 40 is it 48 or the something like that, right? The, the Michael Red... Powell? Yeah, I've only heard how brilliant it is and I know it's like so inspiration. I mean, not just for this, but for Suspiria, our Suspiria. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and and I, I just really need to see that someday. Me too. I bet they're not pink in that one. They're not probably. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, Stacy, are you ready to step away from your glass shoe tree and place your head <laughs> on the chopping block? Yeah, man! Woohoo! Um, the chopping block, it's here, it's now, it's happening. Oh. Yeah, can't you feel it in the air? If what a craze! everyone's doing it (laughs) even though nobody wants to work so it's very curious (laughs) how it's actually structured but i'll tell you how it's structured the chopping block is our question and answer game here on gaylords of darkness we are presented each with three categories to choose from we choose our category within those categories we have five questions that we have to answer we are given 10 seconds to answer each question unless we call out I want the wig, in which case the haunted wig from the Korean film Wig <laughs> descends upon your head uh, and confuses our non-binary executioner, the heads they, which affords you an additional 10 seconds um, to answer that question. If you get them all right, congratulations, you're a star. If you get any of them wrong at any moment, you're dead, it's over, and that's your time on the chopping block. Le chopping block, as the French say. Uh, all our French listeners. Well, maybe some Canadians speak French. Oh, yeah, we're French Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's said, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Who goes first? 
I think I asked you questions first last time, I think. Oh, so then I ask you questions first this time is what you said. Okay. Okay. Well, oh, no, why did I volunteer to die first? This is, I did something completely weird this time, Anthony. Oh, I you did too. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, how weird. Okay. Okay. Um, this, uh, well, you have three new categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, category one is chapter Hanjilmun Ul. Oh, you're doing them all in a different language. <laughs> <laughs> Just the category names. That means miscellaneous questions one, where I ask you miscellaneous questions. <gasps> category two is chapter Hanjilmun E. Miscellaneous questions two. <gasps> and the third category is chapter Hanjilmun Sam. Miscellaneous questions three. Oh my god, this is unprecedented! <laughs> so who knows what these questions will entail? I mean, I do, but you don't. Uh, well, thank god you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have my pick of three lots of miscellaneous questions? Yeah. One, two, or three. Oh. Um. Um. Uh, uh, good things come in three. In threes, please. Three. 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 Okay. Here we go. Oh, fuck. Oh, I'm so scared. Don't I'm clammy. I this I wouldn't be. be. You'll be absolutely fine. Uh, I'm instant clams. Chop the hand, gentlemen, Sam. Oh, my God. Question one. What kind of animal is featured in the film Grizzly? Yes, a grizzly bear. Yes, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Thank you for spoon feeding that airplane. <laughs> Question number two. Name a universal monster. Dracula. Yes, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Could you imagine? The Shining. <laughs> Question number three. What is the second word in the title, The Hills Have Eyes? <laughs> I'm going to say hills. Yes, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> Question four. Name a song by Eubin. Game over. Yes, ding, ding, ding. It's fucking perfect, and I can't stop listening to it still all these months <laughs> later. Uh, she just launched a fashion line. Did you see that, my business queen? Oh, I love her. What Hello? can't she do? Exactly. Wait, I love that that's just tucked into your horror trivia. Question. <laughs> <laughs> What's our Korean celebration also? It's true. Thank you. Uh, question five. Would you rather be boiled alive with the hot dogs, like in My Bloody Valentine, or impaled on a pipe, like in My Bloody Valentine? That's really tough. I want the wig. Um, <laughs> this is honestly really tough because the, 
I the 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 pipe sounds hard, but the I I go the hot dogs because I like hot dogs, but it, it can burn. Judges, judges say yes. Ding ding ding! Oh, they got <laughs> one. <laughs> Congratulations! I'm crying. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was fun. That's really great. <laughs> I, I had a blast. Oh, good. I'll think of the memories. I'll get the photo on the way off the ride. <laughs> ah, oh. You won. Good job. I won. This... <laughs> <laughs> Name a word in the hills of <laughs> Well, Stacy, thank you. Um, the chopping block is freshly clean for you to place your head upon it now. It, it is. It's never been cleaner. It's 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 actually there's good pheromones, happiness all over it. Because we both um, won last week too, didn't we? So this is. I hope yeah. I don't break the streak. Well, you let me tell you, you have many chances to continue that winning streak. Okay, because today on the chopping block. I'm having a red light special. That's right. Not three, but four new categories for you. Wait, um, you're not huh? having a red shoe special? Come on. Well, now I have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there. I know, but I was like, well, it's red. <laughs> We're having a red shoe, spe- a pink shoe special for you today. So there <laughs> are four you. new categories for you to choose from. All because they're, like, incredibly specific to this film, so it would make no sense to have one of these pop up at another time, and I just happen to make them. So, Uh-oh. you have four new categories. They're not incredibly specific. This is a lies. They just all have to do with red. Your categories are... Category one. Technically, those shoes were fuchsia. This is all about, not fuchsia, but about... The appearance of the color red and its use in horror films. Okay. Ah, okay. Okay. Your next category, category two, is a red by any other name. And these are about movie titles and names in horror that are all variations of the color red. Mm-hmm. So actually, technically, those shoes were fuchsia should have been the name for this category. But yeah. anyway, uh, this was all workshopped last night. <laughs> Your third category is Seeing Red, starring Valerie Cherish, in which you have 50 seconds to name five movies with the word red in the title. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. And your fourth and final Red Shoes special category is The Red Shoes, S-H-U-E-S, which is all about horror movies starring Academy Award-nominated actress Elizabeth Shue. Oh, no. <laughs> I only know one. You would know them. You would know these because you don't need to really know the movie. Well, you just need to know the title, but I tell you everything. Oh, Your Lord. categories are technically those shoes were fuchsia, which is about the color red and its use in horror films. A red by any other name, which is variations of the color red. Seeing red, starring Valerie Cherish. That's where you have to name all the five movies. Or The Red Shoes. It's the Elizabeth Shoe Fest. 
Oh, I don't even remember any of those things you just said. <laughs> <laughs> color red, um, variations of the color red, a bunch of movie names, or Elizabeth Shue. Oh my god. Um. Um. Uh. Uh. uh the, the, let's do the first one: the color red in horror movies. Okay. Technically, those shoes were fuchsia. Yeah, yeah. All about the color red <laughs> and its use in horror films. All right, you ready? Uh, I don't feel confident. You're gonna get these. Question one starting now. A red overcoat could herald your dead daughter or your demise in what 70s thriller? Don't look now! Ding, ding, ding! <laughs> well done. Oh, thanks. See? Red's not hard. Okay. Question two. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take your word for it. Question two. Not 99, but simply one red balloon heralds a demonic entity in what 1990 TV miniseries? 99. (laughs) (laughs) It! Yes! I almost said I almost said Pennywise. <laughs> I almost did it. Ooh, that's close. I gotta pay attention. Okay. Pennywise, as portrayed by Tim Curry, and never Bill Skarsgård. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um. Question three. Look at you. Okay. A red-faced devil character acts as the primary antagonist and rocks out to Tiny Tim in what 2010 <laughs> film? <laughs> Oh, God, insidious. Yup, ding, 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 ding. Uh, Tiptoe <laughs> through Oh, oh, my blood turns to ice. Oh, I'll never sleep tonight. Ooh. Like, okay. <laughs> Whatever, it made like a $10 billion. What do I know? It is little, yeah, he's it's, it's, it's like sitting in his little Santa's Christmas cottage sharpening his axe hand or whatever, yeah. <laughs> listening to Tiny Tim. Oh, right. I thought it was a sewing machine. Whatever. I don't remember. Who yeah, he was, he was doing, st- he was fixing a hole in his jeans. Listening <laughs> yeah. to Tiny Tim. Why didn't people think Tiny Tim is scared? Tiny Tim's endearing, right? Well, he's weird. That's true. All right, let's continue. (laughs) Question four. The rage has got you once your eyes go red in what viral millennial horror film? 28 days later. Ding, 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 ding. Okay. See? All right. We are all the way here. We have climbed the glass shoe tree all the way up <laughs> to question five. She loves shoes, man. She loves shoes. Question five. From a red doorknob to a red sweater to a red shawl, the color red is used to convey the presence of the other world in what 1999 supernatural thriller? Huh? <laughs> Silent Hill? Shawl? Oh, other world. Doorknob? Shawl? 
I was, well, no, why did I say Silent Hill? I don't know what it is, though. Wait, Otherworld? 1999. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shawl. Otherworld? Huh? Wait, <laughs> somebody puts a shawl on? Wrong. And they go through a door with a knob. And it's no, a they don't. <laughs> I shouldn't have said Otherworld. It threw you off. Well, yeah, I was thinking of like another reality, man. Like a phantasm or a Silent Hill. And then I was like, oh, stuff like turned red in that movie. That was my thought process. P.S. Oh, Everybody. it does turn red. It Well, yeah. it turns like rusty sepia. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, maybe, I'll, I don't know. Dahlia was wearing a shawl, I guess. I don't know. There were doors in the movie. <laughs> sure, Anthony. Dahlia anyway. was fucking cool. Anyway, that's... Oh! Oh, oh never did you, mind. Did you get it? Oh. No. Never mind. No. I was... No. No. <laughs> Otherworld. It's... No! 1999 supernatural thriller. Not Otherworld. Don't think about Otherworld. I led you astray. I led you astray. It's canceled. What is it? It's The Sixth Sense. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Anytime red shows up, it means this, the ghosts. There's ghost trauma, and the ghosts are nearby. And it's the I didn't remember that. It's the taint of the other world, is what they say. Oh. Do they? Well, <laughs> whatever. I'm sorry. And if that never would have come to me, I don't. I, uh... Nevd, I don't remember that at all. Here's what I remember. Tony Collette and Thank her, you. like, fingernails. Were they Misha red? Barton. I don't know. They were long, weren't Misha they? Misha Barton was in that? She was the dead kid in the tent or whatever. What? Yeah. There's a kid in a tent? Isn't she in a tent? You remember red shawls and red doorknobs? And shit, and red you sweater. don't remember? He wore the red sweater. And I don't he... remember that at all. None of this rings. There, there are a red no balloons. I remember when Misha Barton died in OG, OG OC because she's going to have a film career, and she didn't. Anyway, we both took away very different things from the Sixth Sense. Apparently, <laughs> I remembered characters. <laughs> you you remembered a doorknob and like a false memory of another world. Okay. It's all right. Well, I'm dead. I'm sorry. That's okay. Listen. Just put headphones on my severed head and let me listen to Hwasa anyway. And maybe it'll pass through the fucking red doorknob to the other world where I now reside. <laughs> Because I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. You know what? Between the two of us, we got everything right last week and almost everything right this week. So that is probably our best two-week showing. That's, That's 19 out of 20. Yeah. In two weeks. That's unheard of for us. It is. Granted, your questions were pretty easy. And I had to say Uh, Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) 
rose to the challenge. So, uh, congratulations to you. Thank you. Tough luck for me. You did pretty great, too. Uh, thanks. Uh, okay, well. We have a website, gaylordsofdarkness.com. I'm going to say all these things this time. Usually we just end oh, the show. Oh, that's good. That's good. We're on social media. We have the website. <laughs> I guess that's Oh, you it. said it! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yes, I did! That's why I what wanted is to the, What is the social media or the website? <laughs> I said the website, gaylordsofdarkness.com. You did. You can, Find the socials on there. Oh, Gaylords of D on Twitter and mm-hmm. uh, Instagram is Gaylords of Darkness, right? Yeah. I will. <laughs> anyway. We're on those. And, uh, you know, thanks for listening. Thanks, thanks to our subscribers. We have subscribers. Oh, that's fun. Monthly subscribers. People who just subscribe through platforms and stuff we like that too how do you do that what I don't did know. i do how do it, <laughs> do <laughs> I it? is there a button i don't know what if, if what you... are we talking about i don't know subscribers listen i'm wrapped in a red shawl now anthony <laughs> i'm a guishin i'm bye-bye I'm just full of revenge. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Your shoes are walking you in one direction. Your balloons carrying you in another. The what? shawl's doing something. What? I don't know what you're talking about. I, how? I'm. How do they subscribe? What does that mean? What? To, oh my god! Goodbye. For a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my my god! Oh Oh my my god! God. Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha <laughs> ha